Radio Studio at the George Washington Broadcast Center. Jack Armstrong and Joe Getty. The Armstrong and Getty Show. I think so. In fact, we're thinking about doing one relatively soon just to let everybody know that uh, there's hope in the future. Do we have hope that there's a possibility to see Donald Trump run again in 2024? You do have hope. That I can tell you. <laughs> I'm not sure that means anything. I have no idea what his calculation is. He may have already made up his mind he absolutely is or absolutely isn't running. Or there are factors out there that will make up. I haven't got the slightest idea. And he, will, he will say at any given moment that which will get him the most attention. Um, that was an interview he did with Laura Trump, who's a daughter? Uh, daughter-in-law. Anywho, that interview was not allowed on Facebook because they've banned him. So, and, and they get to do that. You can't even have a conversation with a former president. Facebook, do you realize how crazy that makes you sound? Yeah, they get to do that, obviously. I'm not arguing that. But it just, just seems weird that the most likely person to get the Republican nomination by far, if he runs... Right, Trump. If he runs against Joe Biden, you don't want to hear from him at all in news, whether it's whether it's to com- combat him or root for him. I don't know. Well, he about won a second term without the in spite of it all. Yeah. And Facebook bans him. It it has to do with the culture of the free exchange of ideas. It's not a legal question. Um, to a different topic, I feel like I'm a broken record on uh, this is the most misreported story of my life because every couple of weeks there's a new one that takes it further. And in this particular case, it's the Georgia election laws and the way it's being portrayed by the president of the freaking United States and the sycophant media going along with it. And I think maybe not even really understanding that they're wrong. I don't know how much of this is malicious and how much of it is just bad reporting but so many of the things you've heard about the georgia election law just are not true for instance the whole they're not you can't even give them food or water which is a common thing that is done in 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 precincts all around the country you can't have third parties show up offering food or drink to people in line and possible electioneering there is water there um, the the uh, facility doing the election is absolutely allowed to and ex- and probably will and probably always has provide water for people who are in line. And there is a 0% chance, and I mean zero, if I'm in line in Georgia to vote, well, number one, that's fraud. I don't live in Georgia. But if I were in line and my wife swung by and gave me a water bottle, there's a 0% chance that anything would happen. It's merely to prevent whether the NRA or the National Teachers Association from showing up and bribing people in line with food and drink. So some of the stuff is uh, uh, completely misleading like that. Some of the stuff is true, but um, a spin that is, in essence, wrong. Uh, the 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 cutting back on the number of drop off boxes or the v- a variety of things, it's because they put in wildly loose rules for an election during the worst pandemic in a hundred years that weren't intended to be forever. They were intended to be for this one special crazy circumstance where we got a pandemic coming going on, and they're pulling back. With the net results being, there's still going to be more ways to vote, easier ways to, to vote absentee than there were before the pandemic. 
but and for because, a longer period of time, too. But because you're pulling back from the actual, you know, day of the election, it's being portrayed as uh, a restrictions. It's not really Voter suppression. Voter suppression. That's the new catchphrase. So, and here's one particular part that Glenn Kessler, who we've had on many times over the years from the Washington Post, he's the best-known fact-checker in America. He kind of invented the, the whole, you know, becoming a celebrity for fact-checking, and I think he worked harder at it. And then fact-checking has since taken off as its own industry. And when I hear fact-check, it doesn't mean anything to me usually. But uh, he gives Joe Biden four Pinocchios, four. The president of the freaking United States gets four Pinocchios from the Washington Post for claiming that the new Georgia law ends voting hours early. You know why he gets four Pinocchios? That's the most you can get if you don't know the Pinocchio system. That means it's a flat-out, pants-on-fire lie. The reason he gets four Pinocchios is because what he's saying is the opposite of what is true. Joe Biden has said, and he gives every quote that he's given in the last couple of weeks, including that news conference, where he said, well, I'll read some of the quotes. You might find that good. Among the most outrageous parts of this new state law, it ends voting hours early, so working people can't cast their vote after their shift is over. That's when he was doing his speech about, this makes Jim Crow look like Jim Eagle. It's sick. It's sick. Deciding that you're going to end voting at 5 o'clock when working people are just getting off work. I'm worried about how un-American this whole initiative is. And it's just not True. The Washington Post gives it four Pinocchios. It's just flat wrong. My question would be, does Biden know that? I don't even know if he knows that. Wow. Well, that's scary. But look, just look, get up to 30,000 square foot, 30,000 feet and look how willing he is at his level to lie completely about something this fundamental to include a racial element in it and to whip people up. That's astounding. It's terrible. It's awful. And then the news media runs with the narrative. Uh, and then you got, like I saw this, uh, Delta Airlines is under pressure. They put out some sort of statement about the bill. I don't know why they did. Just fly your planes, all right, and try to get there on time. But now you have uh, activists from Keith Olbermann on. Do not fly Delta. Do not spend money with Delta. Boycott Delta. Ruin Delta. Keith Olbermann wrote in a tweet because they'd said something vaguely supportive about uh, how the bill had improved considerably during the legislative process. Joe Biden, the president of the United States, suggested that the NBA All-Star Game should move its location because of this. There's talk of moving the Masters, which is weird. I don't even you know what that move is. The Masters? It's the same place every year. Uh, the facts, by the way, from the Washington Post. And George Kessler's no right winger, if you've been following him over the years. On Election Day in Georgia, polling places are open from 7 a.m. to 7 p.m., and if you're in line by 7 p.m., you're allowed to cast your ballot. Nothing in the new law changes those rules. Um, and they quote somebody from the University of Georgia political sci- uh, University of Georgia who's a political scientist. You can criticize the bill for things, but I don't think you can criticize it for reducing the hours you can vote. <laughs> uh, one of the blah, 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 blah. if anything, it's expanding access in most counties with the ability to uh, mail in ballots for any reason, and uh, the hours being open as long as they added a weekend, they added a Saturday where you can do early voting. It's just not factually true, and you don't have to believe me. Right-wing talk show host, read the Washington Post, a four-Pinocchio lie from the president. It's just amazing. Will he be called on it? Will anybody report that? No. Well, the WAPO did. I mean, that's somewhat encouraging. 
God, that's just, it's, it's really, you know what it is? It's frightening. It's crazy. Tim Cook from Apple today made a statement about how awful the Georgia laws are. Well, he apparently somebody didn't get him to a link to the Washington Post today. Tim, what the hell are you talking about? Seriously, dude. Well, I can't blame him really for being uninformed. You shouldn't have to work this hard. If you watched ABC This Week like I did or any of the other shows, you took away from that that, come on, man, they're not even allowing somebody to get a drink of water on a hot day and closing down voting early. That's what they told you on what used to be highly respected news sources. So I can't blame people for being misled. The and president I didn't of the United States, you wouldn't assume the president is lying about this. No, no. And I didn't see that uh, particular show, but you said the Republican, the token Republican there just sat there Had like a nothing, dope. No pushback on that. <sighs> but if Joe Biden stands up at a press conference and he hasn't given one yet and it's got all this attention and he says, man, what they're doing here, it's evil. It's worse than Jim Crow. Oh, by the way, by the way I saw a good article the other day about the realities of Jim Crow and go, going through it all. Just, I mean, it's awful to read. Just awful, heartbreaking. The things that were going on. You know, threats of violence, actual violence, murdering people to scare people off from voting. Mm-hmm. You know, the poll tax, the, 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 the bribes, the, everything that was going on. Just terrible. And, you're, and you actually are saying out loud as the President of the United States that what Georgia is doing is worse than that. Yeah. How can you how can I take Joe Biden seriously when he's doing that? That's outrageous. This makes Jim Crow look like Jim Eagle. That is by far the most outrageous thing Joe Biden has done as president. Mm-hmm. You know, these other policy things, those are policy differences. You don't like those, you know, you gotta mobilize and vote for different people. Um he gets to be a progressive who wants, you know, bigger government. But this this Claiming it's worse than Jim Crow when it's actually not even really anything, that's unconscionable. Yeah. Yeah, it is. It is. And and for as loose as Trump could be uh, with his rhetoric and the truth and occasionally a little show busy, I don't think he ever, ever said anything as horrifically likely to turn people against each other. As what Biden just said, that's evil. You're speaking of evil? That is evil, what he did. Our, our political rhetoric is descended to, like, reality show crap. Well, the Washington Post giving him a four-Pinocchio lie on that is a step in the right direction. It is. It is. Although, let's see uh, how that alters the narrative, because the narrative is really what controls uh, the media these days. Yeah. Get in line like the lemmings you are and run along with the herd. Run along. Would you like to know the highest and lowest tax burden states total? I have them for you. Um, okay. Uh, that's a no, folks. That was a no. I think we can agree. He has no interest in that. All right. <laughs> I might be sluggish from my vaccine. Isn't that one of the supposed How would you know? <laughs> yeah, exactly. It's like the old saying, I didn't know he drank till one day I saw him sober. Or this, and I wasn't going to mention this on the air because I'm so embarrassed by it. Uh oh. Or maybe going to McDonald's at ten thirty last night. Oh my! More more evidence is coming to light. Driving all the way, to, getting out of my house, driving all the way to McDonald's ten thirty at night, getting in a very long line at the drive-through. Why are there so many people in line at the drive-through at ten thirty at night on a Thursday night? You're not stuck Wednesday in traffic. Night. You are traffic. But go ahead. <laughs> <laughs> well, I get a quarter pounder with cheese, no onions, and a fry. 
I pull in to the first spot and eat it. Decide I'm size of fry, please. A small. Okay. Deciding I'm still hungry, I go back and get in another long line at the drive-thru. Mm. Go through and get a fish, or a chicken sandwich, their new chicken sandwich. So that's not quite a bang-bang, because you didn't go somewhere. That's an no. encore. You yeah. had an encore. Yeah. I, yeah. If I'd have gone to a completely different restaurant, that would have been a bang-bang. And this is 10.30 at night. Had you had well, it dinner? Well, it was 11 by the time I got to the, 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 the second sandwich. Right. <laughs> Clearly. Yeah. Was there a milkshake involved? No. Okay. Now, no, I, I'm not crazy. Had you somehow become busy and skipped dinner, though, or was this the the college like fourth meal of the day? No, I think I think my intermittent I think I've cut my intermittent fasting down to too small a window, and I just can't make it. Uh, I'm I'm eating five hours a day between one and six, and I just you know I was ravenous. Yeah, yeah. I didn't need okay. to eat McDonald's though. I could have eaten some lettuce or a tomato or an apple. I had a banana, <laughs> some whole grain with you know two percent milk, but and no. Not- not two laps at the old McDonald's <laughs> Speedway. Armstrong and Getty. <laughs> the Armstrong and Getty Show. was bad-mouthing Georgia, but they've also announced a return to full flights. They're going to stop blocking middle seats as air travel is starting to rebound quite a bit, even though the president is uh, suggesting nobody travel, but I don't think anybody's paying any attention to that. By the way, got another text. Woo! Team Moderna! Yeah! Somebody on my team! Please. Pfizer sucks! Schmoderna. Mo crappa. Because I got my Moderna shot yesterday and, and just realizing that I'm not sluggish because of that. I'm sluggish because of my late-night McDonald's run. Okay. Glad I remembered that. Um, uh, well, and for the record, Delta's sin was somewhat weakly defending Georgia, their home state. Oh, right. Getting but, murdered then, for but, that. but then they, <laughs> they, they rolled over the other direction when they started to get uh, killed in social media. But anyway, oh, great. Uh, okay. we got a whole bunch of texts from people who say, yeah, I got my vaccine the same way as you. You know, I got the hookup. Somebody told me this or I had a connection or my brother or my sister or whatever. Lots of people get it that way. That's not the way it should work. In fact, that's the opposite of the way you want it to work. And I guarantee you that's leading to way less equity than like practically any other system you could have designed. Um, people that have connections, who have computers, who have cars, um, who are of a higher education are all the people that are going to be able to, to get it with the, the way we're doing it, as opposed to following the government guidelines and going to the website and waiting your turn. It's just, you yeah, know. your results may vary, but Cal Unicornia's rollout has been just utterly haphazard. One more uh, comment on that. Could they make the vaccine card the same size as a credit card or a driver's license for crying out loud? Geez, yeah, I noticed that too. It doesn't fit with all your other stuff. Very handy. Yeah, brilliant, brilliant. So the good folks at Wallet Hub with your uh, overall tax burden, highest and lowest state. Now that includes... Your uh, property tax, your individual income tax, and sales slash excise taxes, they get you one way or the other, generally speaking. And I will tell you, this is a blunt instrument. Um, for instance, uh, Cal Unicornia, where the uh, Mighty Armstrong and Getty Show is based, uh, they, they list the um, income tax as, on average, <clears throat> excuse me, uh, 3.78%. Now, California what? income tax rates, yeah, that's an average, including the millions and millions of people who are have no money or they're where, illegal immigrants. Where do, or I, where do I sign up for that? 
Oh, yeah. I mean, even income above $56,000 is taxed at 9.3%. So these numbers are, again, uh, just blunt averages. But your your top tax state, about 13% of your money goes to the state of New York. Hawaii's number two. Go ahead, Jack. Do they include gas taxes in that? Because that... That's another way to get you. Sales and excise taxes, I think, would include fuel taxes, but I can't swear to it. It's a good point. So New York's number one, Hawaii right behind it, then Vermont and Maine, Connecticut, Minnesota, New Jersey, Rhode Island, Illinois, California. What are the lowest? I'm getting there. Okay. You're very demanding. Well, I'm afraid we're going to run out of time, so I, I wanted to know. Your lowest tax state is very, very low. Alaska practically has no state taxes. It's like 3.5% of your income goes to the state. $1 per pound of blubber. (laughs) Well, there is the blubber tax. Uh, No, it's because they produce so much energy. They have so much revenue coming in. Uh, but uh, Joe Biden's working to end that. I heard it characterized that for long, to, uh, finally, we're selling energy to our friends and allies instead of buying it from our enemies. And now they're trying to reverse that. But here are your bottom tax states. Alaska, Tennessee, people moving there like crazy from all over. Wyoming, Delaware, New Hampshire, Florida, Oklahoma, South Dakota, South Carolina, Montana. Oh, and Alabama's tied with Montana. So we can post this list at armstrongandgetty.com if you want to click around and see what your state uh, looks like. Of course, you live there. You know, already know what it looks like. Anybody actually get any side effects from their vaccine? 415-295-KFTC. Armstrong and Getty. The Armstrong and Getty Show. So one of Biden's dogs pooped on the floor. You got major biting people. Yeah, just when you thought you had the, were monitoring the correct end of the dog, he unleashes from his hind end. And then we saw the joke earlier that now some of Major's anti-cat tweets from 10 years ago have been found. (laughs) He's going to get canceled. Canceled. Fabulous. Please welcome back to the Armstrong and Getty Show, the always informative Craig the Healthcare Guru, a.k.a. Craig Gottwald's attorney at law, benefit consultant, and uh, for a long time, Craig the Obamacare lawyer, who helped us understand what was and actually wasn't in Obamacare and how who was actually going to profit from it, which was completely accurate and definitely not uh, uh, jibing with the mainstream media. Craig, how are you, sir? I am well. How are you, gentlemen? Excellent. Thank I'm you. I'm despondent. <laughs> yeah. You are despondent. You know, Jack, my uh, my 20-year-old daughter is despondent, too, because I followed your lead this morning, and I convinced her that President Biden had outlawed TikTok. <laughs> and she, she just about died. Yeah, I tweeted at my 9-year-old that, did you hear President Biden outlawed Minecraft? He hasn't checked his uh, iPod yet. I can't wait to see the reaction. That is absolutely hilarious. So, Craig, I to, uh, you... Uh, I had to set the record straight before she went to work, or it would have been uh, it would have been a long day, I think. <laughs> oh, yeah. Yeah, no kidding. So, hey, you reached out to us earlier this week with your always interesting uh, real-world analysis of uh, health care policy from the administration, and, and you hit us with some amazing figures. You start where you think is appropriate. 
Well, the the fun fun part of this, hey, we've got we've got a we've got a situation here with a with a with a barking dog going crazy in the background. So we're going to close that off. Well, that's um, okay. We can't even the hear. Fun, it. fun part of the uh, the uh, COVID recovery bill, the one point nine trillion that we just passed. Um, there was a pretty massive expansion to Obamacare that is, uh, as always, underreported. And so, I, you know, I don't know if we call this the Obamacare report anymore, or maybe just the government health care, the march towards socialized medicine. But uh, there used to be a provision in Obamacare that said, look, if, if your employer is not offering health care to you that you can afford, we will go ahead and give you taxpayer dollars to afford that health care. However, once you get to the point where you're making four times the federal poverty level, which is $106,000 for a family of four, then you don't get any more taxpayer dollars because, you know, you're making over 100 Gs. You ought, you ought to be able to figure out a way to get your own health care. Well, the, the, uh, the new bill just, out, just removed all of those restraints. So now anybody, even if you're making half a million dollars a year, can get taxpayer dollars to go ahead and buy your Obamacare plan. That's insane. The only, yeah, the only restraint is that you are never going to be required to pay more than 8.5% of your total income. But So you have to use some real-world examples. So I went in, I, grabbed, I just grabbed kind of a random state and city. So in Prescott, Arizona, uh, I pulled up the exchange plans. And for a family of five with a, a 60-year-old head of household, again, I used older families to make the point here. So a family of five with a 60-year-old head of household would have to, if their Obamacare plan in Prescott, Arizona, costs them $51,000 per year. And if that family makes $350,000 per, per year, taxpayers would give them $20,000 per year to buy that plan. Hmm. If making three hundred fifty grand. <laughs> yeah. Now, if the, if the family's making half a million, $500K, they get uh, $8,500 from taxpayers to buy their Obamacare. So what, what do you think the strategy is here? Just get as many people roped into a subsidy of some sort as possible, knowing it'll never go backward? You've hit the nail on the head, Jack. As, as, as more people are funneled into taxpayer-funded plans, less people care about what things really cost. And so it just becomes this situation where, yeah, I pay high taxes, but they give it back to me to buy my health care. Right. So it is what it is. Yeah. yeah. You get so remember I you know, this I think the fact I have to share with you guys every time I'm on your show, sorry to repeat it, but all the way back in twenty sixteen, uh UCLA, uh the Health Policy Institute at UCLA did a study that showed sixty four percent of all health care in America was paid for with taxpayer dollars and seventy percent in blue states. So that means we're only we're only funding one third, less than one third of healthcare with private dollars anymore, and then we just pass this stimulus bill, which is going to take that percentage up even higher, right? Because yeah. now half millionaires are going to get taxpayer dollars. You do need to say that every time you're on, because I'm a simpleton and forget. Yeah, the, the, the arguing over you know how much government healthcare there should be. Well, if we're at sixty or seventy percent of it is already government healthcare. I don't know what we're arguing about anymore. I think those of us who are paying for our own insurance and health care are clinging to the ability to do that, uh, the right to do that, and not to be foisted onto some government plan that's going to be, you know, like a government anything. And and those people, Joe, in that 30% are increasingly uh, funding all, all of our health care or subsidizing all of our health care because another statistic that people can never, ever forget is – Medicare and Medicaid and all the government programs, they don't run efficiently. 
they're they're incredibly inefficient. In fact, roughly 30% of all dollars running through Medicare Medicaid are fraud, waste, and abuse. But wow. But what 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 that means is they can't. So healthcare is going up at four to six percent per year, no matter who you talk to. But Medicare is only going up at 1.7 percent per year. So what happens? Well, you've got hospitals that are in a situation where if they want to take Medicare, Medicaid, and almost all of them do, they can't afford it. The Medicare, Medicaid is not even reimbursing what their actual costs are. So what that means is those of us that are in the 30 percent of private plans, we pay 240 percent of the cost of a hospital visit that those on Medicare pay. And that percentage is just getting worse and worse. So, well, why, I did, let me stop people, you. Why, why do the hospitals yeah. go ahead and treat the Medicare and Medicaid patients then? Because Medicare and Medicaid is the largest purchaser of health care nationwide, and you either opt in or you opt out. So if, if okay. the few that do opt out, they, they have to say goodbye to the largest buyer of health care in the country, the 70%. Yeah, okay. So you're saying? So, yeah, well, so, so this disparity just gets worse every year. Every year I look at this stat, and it goes from 220% to 230%. This year it's 240%, meaning those of us in an ever-shrinking third of the economy that are paying for health care are paying exorbitantly more to fund the fact that the government system is highly inefficient and underpays providers. It's, it's, it's a look, we've, we've talked about this before. I stand by my prediction. We will have fully socialized medicine in America by 2028. It's, it's, this is all going according to plan. By 2028. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. Within seven years. You know, and what you just pointed out a little bit ago, um, I thought, why haven't I heard that from the Republicans? I mean, why didn't I get that kind of pushback from the Republican Party? And you can blame the media for not having any interest in getting the news out, but I follow a lot of news from the right, so it could get to me, and I still don't hear it. They just, they're just they not good at fighting back against this stuff. Right. Craig Gottwalls is not, an attorney at Law and yeah. Benefit Consultant. He's on the line. Craig, go ahead. Well, I was going to say, Jack, they're not... They're not good at it, and um, the other thing you've got to remember here is that you know there's plenty of blame to go around here. The insurance industry is every bit as much to blame as the government in this case. I, I have to say we, we're down to four major national insurers. It's an oligopoly. It's not a free market. Hmm. And the way this was the way this was done in the recent uh, COVID bailout is to launder that money through the insurance industry because you're not. You're not putting these newly eligible half millionaires. Oh, there are millionaires. They're just making half a million a year. You're not putting them on Medicare and Medicaid. You're saying, oh, we'll give you taxpayer dollars to buy these bloated premiums from the the, the, the four major insurance companies nationwide. So, and, and remember, the insurance lobby is the first or second biggest lobby in the United States. So there's a lot of Republicans that are keeping their mouth shut. Yeah. Yeah, fair enough. So let's get to the bottom line, and, and we'll talk many times going into the future, and we'll revisit this topic, but when we slide further and further to 80 90% uh, of all uh, medical payments are going to be through the government, what's that going to do to medical care in the United States? Well, it, all, of the, all of the trends that you, you hear people complaining about now, longer wait times, fewer choices, more bureaucracy, all that stuff's just going to amplify. Because right now you still have roughly a third of healthcare that is privately funded. Once we get to the point, and we're we're really close to that tipping point, folks. Once we get to the point where it's you know ninety percent you know privately or publicly funded, you're just going to have more of that public worker mentality, more of that sure. situation where wait times go on. You know you got waiting lists for procedures. You get these crazy things like Jack was talking about, where 
getting your shot for the COVID vaccine is is, is kind of just a crapshoot of a, a morass of mess, you know? Yeah, that's yeah. what I worry about. Uh, you know, I got my shot because I knew somebody who gave me a tip, not because I followed any of the rules. And I, I'm worried that that's going to be the way you get your penicillin for your kid or, or your hip operation or anything else. Well, and it's a very Soviet way to live, too. And I want to point out your story. It's not that you called in a favor because you're a big, famous radio guy. You just knew a guy who knew a guy who knew of a pharmacy that often had leftover doses. So it's like, you know, send me to a Trotsky's fish market because they usually have a little bass at the end of the day because the government, uh, the lines are out the door for the government food. Mm-hmm. Joe, Joe, let me share with you one more thing. I know we're running out of time, but uh, a couple years ago, we talked about how the Trump administration passed new regulations forcing hospitals to disclose the real prices for procedures, not the not the phony prices, but the prices that insurance companies actually pay. Which was a huge victory for consumers, right? Huge victory for consumers. Huge victory. And anyway, that went into law January 1 of this year, 2021. The Wall Street Journal just did an investigation and reported that Two-thirds of the top 100 hospitals in the country have not yet complied with that law, and most of them are purposefully embedding code on their websites to make the prices unsearchable by search engines like Google. So plenty of blame to go around here. you got hospitals hiding the fact that they charge bogus prices. You've got the government working with them to help them do that. It, it, it's, it's, it's mobbed up so bad at this point, guys, that I, I, I feel bad for my industry. Wow. And you have then a few insurance companies making gobs and gobs of money. Exactly. This is this is this is the opposite of capitalism. This is crony capitalism. This is government with its tentacles into capitalism and making some rich picking winners and losers. When people bitch about the free market, what they're usually griping about is this. And it's galling. Yeah. But I don't, I don't know. Yeah. I don't couldn't know. have said it better, Joe. That's exactly uh, right. I, when, whenever anybody talks about free market health care, remind them we don't have that, and we haven't had it for 40-plus years in America. Final observation, our guest is more responsible keeping us on time than we are, Craig. <laughs> uh, thanks a million, man. It's it, it's always great to talk. We appreciate the perspective. There's, this, this is, and I'm not bragging because you get all the credit, this is the only show in America you can get actual, factual discussion of health care policy and how it works. So. For better or worse. Thanks, Craig. Well, thank you, gents. Appreciate it. And we won't get into the long conversation. Uh, I always ask about the the untethering work from insurance that we're headed toward when it's government health care. You know, uh, uh, some people think that's fantastic. Um, I hope they're right. But I took a lot of jobs in my life because I wanted to always have health care. Mm-hmm. It kept me in a certain path on life because I need to have health care. If I couldn't, if I could have had free health care and, you know, been in a band or been an artist or whatever only and not had a real job somewhere, like when I worked at UPS or a hardware store or various jobs that I've taken to make sure I had insurance, I wouldn't have. And a lot of people won't in the future. Well, and combine that with uh, untethering work from welfare and untethering work from a lot of other uh, bad consequences. That's one of the reasons why the West Coast and other places are absolutely clogged with bums and junkies, because we've untethered the consequences of not working from not working. Mm -hmm. We'll see how that plays out. I have a guess. It's a lovely experiment, isn't it? Yeah, fantastic. Uh, what are your thoughts? You know anything about it? Your text, our text line, not your text line. What do I want your text line for? I'm not texting you. Our text line is 415-295-KFTC. Armstrong and Getty.
The Armstrong and Getty Show. Cup of noodles. So good and easy. Just add hot water, wait three minutes, and you've got it made. Right in its own cup. Lots of tasty noodles, plus vegetables and seasoning in a rich, hearty broth. Delicious. A simpler time has returned. So The Vietnam War, Watergate, a simpler time. <laughs> Race riots. Oh, everything was good then. Sky-high murder rates. Exactly. A, a simpler, simpler time. time. The yes. 70s. Back when it was cup noodles then it became cup noodles for a while? Now it's going back to cup noodles So that's good news. A return to a simpler time. Adjust your investing holdings appropriately. Why did it change? I hadn't realized it did this. Why did it change from cup noodles to cup noodles? Did they misplace the O? Was the O seen as racist or... I think it's the same reason why NBA players change their jersey numbers to get an arbitrary spike in okay. promotion or sales or attention. But it's back oh. to cup o noodles. Oh, so That's this is fantastic. where back in the day I would yell at Marshall that make them buy commercials. <laughs> oh, oh, speaking of yelling, unless you have more to that, no. I can't believe I haven't heard this story till now. I called Judy during the commercial break to ask her a mundane logistical question and um she told me when I was uh, uh, Monday, when I had all that family in town, I was working remotely, as I sometimes do, to spend more time with them. And we were talking about the boat getting freed up. And, and somebody was making, it was something about somebody making Put noise. Put it back! I think it was the honking of the boat, but I can't be sure. But anyway, I was uh, doing a, a funny, uh, like I'm the angry neighbor, shut up, shut up thing. All right? Turns out I have no idea in the guest room where I was doing the show that morning. She was right outside the door with the exterminator getting ready to show him the attic entrance where to, like, check if there's mice or something. I can't remember. Because you got raccoons up there. But so this guy hears me on the other side of the door shrieking, shut up, shut up. And he gets all wide eyed and looks, then looks at her and she says, oh, he's not talking to us. And then she, I said, wait a minute, wait a minute. You didn't say he's doing a radio show. No, it's my crazy uncle. We keep him locked in there. And if you want to eat tonight, you'll pipe down. Exactly. I said, so now this guy thinks you've got some sort of lunatic relative or something imprisoned in there or, or God, and who's he yelling at? What's their status? Should I call the cops? I said, you didn't even, you didn't tell him I'm doing a radio show. Oh my God. So this guy's going to be terrified to ever come back. Oh my gosh. My Showing up sometimes. with backup every time. He's got to do another house visit. No, she just didn't want to get into, well, yeah, he does a show and blah, but sometimes, blah, blah, blah. So, anyway. Uh, speaking of problems in the house, one of Joe Biden's dog has pooped on the White House floor. One of his dogs, rather. Shocking misuse of, uh, that's the people's house, Jack. And I don't appreciate Biden crapping all over it. If I was a really good right-wingy host, I would say stuff like that. But it's just funny. I don't think his dogs are very well trained, though. They sure I mean, they're biting in- people, they're pooing on the floor. They are they sure it's his dog or is our elderly president losing his mud? <laughs> Come on! <laughs> so the cover story is it's the dog. Oh, that's unfortunate. I had oh, man hadn't even considered that man. Oh, speaking of uh, cover-ups, 
award-winning fourth hour of the Armstrong and Getty Show. And if you don't get it live, grab it via podcast later at armstrongandgetty.com. Uh, back to the Matt Gates story. Stories even weirder and more convoluted than that uh, Florida congressman blackmail sex underage Tucker Carlson, just the circus we were talking about yesterday. It's even more complicated, but it seems like he may have been telling the truth. Okay. At least mostly the truth. And added to that, some great analysis by a uh, an investigator, a, a former high-level prosecutor, what he thinks is going on there. Get ready for billions of cicadas in a few weeks. Man, the, I remember that so vividly from when I was a little kid. The cacophonous red-eyed brudex swarm that's about to emerge in 15 states. For the first time in 17 years. Yep, every 17 years they appear. It's crazy. And why is it a 17-year cycle? Just is. Nature's funny that way. Yeah, the short answer, yeah. The long answer is they think that enhances survivability because of predators, blah, blah, blah. But it is cacophonous. I, you know, I could do the math how old I was, but, um, yeah, we, uh, we were horrified by them as kids, and then we took to whacking them with tennis rackets and... They're just omnipresent for a couple of weeks, as I recall. Then they disappear completely for 17 years. How big are they? Uh, about the size of a cockroach, but Schnauzer. much thicker. <laughs> no, no, they're about the size of what? Like your your thumb. Okay. They're about the size of a man's thumb. That's pretty big. Big enough. Yeah. So uh, look forward to that in those 15 states. Blazing red eyes. Armstrong and Getty.